Welcome to this episode of the Engineering Project Management Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping project managers sharpen their PM skills. One of the most challenging things for project managers to do, especially new project managers, is to deliver bad news or have difficult conversations with their clients. And I can guarantee you right now, it will happen. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. And in this episode of the Engineering Project Management Podcast, I'll be talking with Mallory Wildy, a transportation-focused civil engineer from Parametrics. And Mallory specializes in local agency work, particularly with Kitsap County, Washington clients. Her experience varies from designing and managing roadway, stormwater transit, and a variety of other multidisciplinary projects. And she really dives into, in this project, client communication for a newer or less experienced project manager, which can be very difficult. She also gets into the idea of you don't have to do everything as a project manager. And if you try to, there are several things that are going to suffer. What she talks about is really, in my opinion, one of the game changers for becoming not only a great project manager, but a great leader. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you. I also want to mention that we have a very good relationship with Parametrics. We have designed a custom project management development program for their firm, a multi-level program, and we've been delivering it for them and will continue to deliver it for them. And really, I commend Parametrics for being a firm that invests in the project management development program because a lot of firms don't do that. They might send you to a one-off training that isn't necessarily easy to digest. So if you're looking for a firm that does that, make sure that you're looking for a firm that provides consistent project management development program. And I know that Parametrics does this, and i just like to give them a shout out here and let you know that their website is parametrics.com. Again, that's parametrics.com. So with that, let's jump into our episode for today because Mallory has a lot of awesome stuff to share with you on becoming a developing project manager and a leader. Let's jump into the episode. All right, now I'm excited to welcome our guest onto the podcast today. Mallory Wildy is a transportation-focused civil engineer and also a project manager from Parametrics. She specializes in local agency work. Mallory, welcome to the Engineering Project Management Podcast. Hey, Anthony. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Really excited to have you. We've had the opportunity to get to do a lot of work with Parametrics. It's, Parametrics is an exciting firm, um, working on a lot of interesting projects. We've had the pleasure to be able to help them build and deliver a project management development program. And we're happy to have Mallory here today to talk a little bit about some of the ins and outs of project management from your perspective, Mallory, as a civil engineer, kind of transportation focused. So why don't you, in your own words, just to get things rolling, talk a little bit more about what you do yourself kind of on a daily basis in your role at Parametrics. I've been um, with Parametrics for eight years, um, 10 years in the industry overall. I work in our Bremerton, Washington office, which is a smaller community that's across the water. You have to take a ferry to get there from Seattle. So I work with our local agencies primarily in in this area. We're on a peninsula. I work on projects ranging from roadways, stormwater conveyance and treatment, Head and bike improvements, trails, transit. I'm kind of a, when you work in a smaller community, you quickly become a jack of all trades. I get to work on a lot of very cool and exciting projects for those public clients. And before we dive into some project management concepts here, 
Talk a little bit, if you can recall a little bit, kind of your transition into project management, like when you kind of became a quote unquote project manager, what was that experience like for you? It wasn't anything that I, you know, intentionally was like, okay, I'm going to go become a project manager. It was really, it happened organically. So I've been a design lead on many projects in the area and a client had reached out and said, hey, Mallory, we'd really like you to work on this project. And oh, by the way, just lead it. Like we want you to lead this work. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds good. You know, the thing with your career in general and and project management is you can't really be scared. So you have to just kind of jump in with both feet and go for it. And so um, that's what happened is I was working on this project. I was the project engineer and the project manager on this project. So a smaller size project. But it got my feet wet and I was able to, you know, put together a scope schedule budget, but then also deliver on that budget and just kind of see where things went from there. And then from that point on, the phone calls really kept coming. You do good work and it keeps coming. I love the idea of jumping right in. I mean, I think some of the best project managers that I know, they just kind of got thrown into the fire. And, you know, we talk about this a little bit in some of the the work we've been doing with parametrics in our training programs is that. Yes, having a company provide that type of training is really invaluable because not every firm does provide project management training, or we like to call it project management development programs. But at the same time, getting thrown into projects and also learning on the job, kind of they both kind of have to happen for you to really, you know, understand the full gamut of project management. So project managers are often posed with some serious challenges, of course, that can totally derail a project. Based on your experience so far, what would you say is kind of the biggest key to success in project management? For me, my biggest key to success has just been bringing my genuine self to each project and to the client. So having that ability to be open and honest with your team and with your client is key to getting buy-in from the project and and the team early on um, so that you can deliver successfully on that that scope schedule budget that you put together from the outset. So, And we'll probably get into this later, but it also helps when you're having... If you need to have a difficult conversation with a client, if you've got that rapport with your team and your client, you can really just keep going on that and build on that from the outset. I like what you said about kind of being yourself. I think that transition to project manager, which you talked a little bit about, can certainly be a challenging one. And kind of in the program that we've done with Parametrics, one of the ways we like to frame it out a little bit is you kind of become like more of a CEO of your projects, right? Where like you're not so much working on your own tasks or your own schedule. You're kind of focusing on the whole team or the whole project. What you said is really important is Yes, that's true, but you also kind of need to do it in the way that speaks to your skill sets and your strengths as an individual, because as much as it's good, you know, you need that project management support and some of the skill sets, you also got to bring yourself to the table in a sense is provides value, right? Because there's certain things that you do really well. So it's great to hear about that and hear about that, you know, the ability to communicate with the team. One of the things that we hear all the time in project management, Mallory, is that project needs to be managed for scope, schedule, and budget, right? It's kind of those three things that people are constantly driving home. For you as a project manager, how do you keep an eye on those three things and make sure that your projects stay on scope, on schedule, and on budget? I think it's a number of things. Um, The first is constant communication. So it starts with a solid kickoff meeting when you first introduce a project. So that would be, I would hold both an internal kickoff meeting as well as an external with your client there, but really set up, okay, 
this is the scope that we agreed upon. This is the schedule budget. So those three things, this is what we agreed on. Here's our expectations for how to meet that. And then that way they, you've got the ground rules set up early in the project. And then I set up weekly or bi-weekly meetings, depending on the project with both my internal and external team. So again, just kind of hitting on that, keeping that at the forefront. That's the big thing. The other thing, these are, you know, kind of little nuances or other little tips and tricks that I've picked up over the last few years. And um, with COVID, use technology to your advantage. So something that I've set up, I've started doing is setting up teams. We use teams at Parametrics. So set up a teams channel for each of your projects and then invite your internal team so that the actual project team executing the work to that team. And then also you can invite your client to that team as well and use that location to share files. You can share, you can chat, you know, have real-time chat questions, everything. And then I also use that to um, store like a decision matrix or a, a log of here's the current issues that we have on the project. And these are the questions that we have maybe for the client, or you can assign roles that, you know, make it your own, but put that on that one location and everybody has access to it at all times. And then the final thing that I do is I get weekly budget check-ins. So at Parametrics, we have an internal accounting. We do our timesheets weekly. And so each week, I have a internal budget that sent to me from through email. And it's got each of my projects um, listed on it. And I can just click in there and real time, when those timesheets are signed, I can check in and say, okay, on this task, we're maybe looking a little bit over budget. Uh, I wonder what happened last week on that particular task. So it's really easy to to just kept check in and keep track all the time. Lots of good stuff there in that answer. So I just want to dive into a couple of those things. I mean, first of all, I think the point about technology is a really good point. You know, the fact that through COVID, we were forced to get better at some of these technological tools. And now if we can leverage them to our advantage, it's really valuable. And I think the one thing that you said there by having like that Teams channel for your projects reminds me a lot of a book I read not too long ago called The World Without Email by Cal Newport, which talks about how, you know, there are a lot of these like asynchronous tools now where if people can chat at you all day long and stuff, and it can be a distracting thing, but it can also be a productive thing if you do it the right way. What you've suggested by having that channel, you can kind of keep all your project communication or a large portion of it to one area, right? So it's easy to kind of manage all that communication. Like you said, you have a list of issues or items on your projects you can keep there. Because if you have like emails, phone calls, messages, it can become pretty confusing. So I really like the idea of leveraging the technology effectively. And I think the other thing that you said there that I thought was really, really important was mentioning the kickoff meeting at the beginning of projects, because I feel like if you ask a lot of project managers, like how you manage scope, schedule, and budget, they might jump right into some of like the tools and things of that nature. But I think having that kickoff meeting, and this is part of our training that we do as well at Parametrics, having that kickoff meeting upfront to set the expectations is so critical because how do you manage the scope, schedule, and budget if you don't understand what the client's expectations are for the scope, schedule, and budget? Because the way you manage it effectively is that one way is to make sure that you're delivering what they expect on it. And so I'm really happy to hear you kind of lead with that. And for those of you out there that are PMs, maybe new PMs or soon to be PMs, when you set up a project, I'm sure your firm, just like Parametrics, is going to have things you need to go through to do like your project setup with the project number and the phases and all that. But the most important aspect of setting up the project usually is having an, a kickoff meeting in the beginning 
where you could have two, like Mallory said, you could have an internal one and then bring in your client, you could have one depending on the size of the project, but setting the expectations for all parties involved, right? Like this is what success looks like on this project so that you know exactly what you need to deliver. And I think that that's such a, such a critical part of project management. So I'm glad you kind of mentioned that right off the bat there. Staying with the theme of meetings here, how often do you meet with your team internally in terms of project management? And talk about the importance, kind of the importance and how regularly you meet with your team. It really depends on the size of the project and kind of what we're doing, what the budget is. But my goal is to um, at least meet biweekly and ideally it's weekly. And there's probably you know, little check-ins with maybe this team is working on something really big and I need to check in with them more often. Um, so, you know, it's maybe more frequently with the, the teams throughout the life cycle of the project, but why it's important to project management, because your project team, <laughs> it can quickly get away from you. And it's not, you know, through no fault of of their own, but people can be headed down a track. And if you are in direct communication with the client, you're also in direct responsibility for that scope schedule budget. And so you're the one that's really got a lot of times has the full picture of, okay, this is the goal we're headed towards. And sometimes folks can kind of get off track a little bit. So I think that's really the big thing is just making sure that you check in regularly so that Everybody keeps heading towards the same mission, the same goal. Go back to that kickoff meeting. What were you set out to do in the first place? So, No, that's great. Like setting the tone from the beginning. And you're right. Like as the PM, you're going to kind of have a lot of that information in your own head that you're talking with clients, you're communicating with clients. So the ability to be able to get that information to the team is so important. And this is also something we talk about in the training. If you're not communicating that to your team and they start working on things that are outside of the scope of work or whatever the case may be, that's where you can run into some big challenges in terms of project management. So that having that regular form when you can get everything out that your team needs to be aware of, I think is is really important. Continuing to go down the road here of communication, it's really important, of course, to always be open and honest with all of your clients. And to do that, you're going to have to have difficult conversations with clients on all projects. It just it happens because things happen on projects. You're someone who's a younger engineer, a younger project manager, not just in age, but in terms of experience level. Can you talk a little bit about how you've kind of approached difficult conversations? Because I know it can be difficult, especially when you're younger in your career. It changes over time and it changes with each conversation that you've had. And you maybe like pick up little techniques and tricks as time goes on. But really going back to that honesty thing. So if you've been upfront and honest with your client from the beginning, you've been truthful, you know, they've they've got that understanding that, okay, like you're not going to blow a bunch of smoke, then it makes it easier when you do run into an issue and you do have to bring that issue up. They at least know, okay, Mallory's not, she's not trying to pass one by me. We really are having an honest conversation. And and so, yeah, I think if you just kind of start from the beginning, um, being yourself and being honest, it will make the conversation a little bit less painful, not 100% all the time. And listen, and that's the thing that we always sort of drive home to project managers that things happen on projects. Bad things will happen, right? Things that are challenging. You know, supply chain right now is crazy. There's lots of things with costs and schedules and inflation and things that there's going to be bad news to deliver. And what happens a lot for project managers, especially newer project managers, that just like anyone else, they want to succeed. They want to do good on their first couple of projects. It's easy to want to be that person who says, yes, 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 yes. You know, like, yes, this will work. Yes, we can get it done on time. Yes, there's no problems here. 
And in reality, it feels good to do that in the moment, but the results of that are usually pretty negative for yourself, for your company. And so I kind of found in my own experience, like the first few times you do it, it's kind of like ripping the bandaid off. Like you have to just kind of say, this is bad news and I have to tell you what it is. But like Mallory said, I think the more you do it, the more comfortable you become. And not just because you get more comfortable with it, but you start to realize that the client ultimately just wants you to tell them the truth, right? It's like their money, it's their bottom line, it's their project, it's their property, whatever the case may be. And I think if you were a buyer in a sense, like you would want the same thing to happen. Like if you're doing a home renovation and the contractor says, we just found a massive problem in the middle of your house, you're not going to want them to like cover that up or kind of smooth it over. Like you're going to want to know the problem. And so I know sometimes when we're sitting here on the podcast and talking through it, I don't want it to come off to the listener that's like, oh, it's easy. Just have a conversation because we know it's not that easy. But I think from both of us said here today, it does get easier and it does help you to be a real valued like advisor for your clients because they know that you'll deliver that news to them. There's been a couple of things that have kind of hitting on your points that have stuck with me through my career. And and one is you can't fake experience. When I was, you know, younger in my career, I was like, eh, you guys are crazy. I can figure this out. But the reality is, is that no, you you can't fake experience. It's just there's just things that you pick up over time. And then yeah, the other thing is is Put yourself, being able to have empathy and really put yourself into everybody else's shoes, whether that's the client or that's your drafter, put yourself into those that person's shoes and really understand, okay, where are they coming from when they're doing this action? And being able to do that, you'll really get a lot farther in the conversation. That last point is a good one and also not hard to do. But I mean, if you take the time to sit down and say... I have to think about it from the client's perspective for five, 10 minutes here and just think about what they're going through. It can help you inform your approach at least, right? And I think also to Mallory's point, like when you go through these experiences, you kind of need to reflect on them because this is like the way you can become better, right? Like if you don't do a good job in your career because you feel like, hey, I know how to deal with this and something happens, at least try to take note of it and understand what worked and what didn't work and maybe what you could have did better next time because that's really the only way you can improve. And I'll mention it again. I think the way to develop great project managers in a firm is to do a blend of, yes, you should hopefully have some kind of developmental program that can go through this so they can learn some of the, the strategies, the concepts, some knowledge sharing, but also give them the opportunity to manage projects at a young age or at least get involved in some project management tasks, even they're, if they're not the actual project manager, because it's really the combination of two things, those two things that make for a great project manager, whereas just one without the other, it kind of leaves a lot to be desired by that PM potentially. As project managers, Mallory, we kind of always want to take on more work, right? It's really hard for us to say, no, we're too busy, but it's just not possible. I mean, we only have so much time in the day that we're able to keep adding more tasks to our day. So how do you know when kind of to say no and like, how you when you know your workload is just too much and and how can you do that in a way as a project manager that you're not coming off as like rude or you know someone who's not looking to like help out this has been a really uh hard lesson for me to learn i've had to learn it so i'm a new mom i have a nine-month-old son and so that honestly has been the kicker to hey there's only so many times in the day. And by the way, you've got to go pick up at daycare before they close or you're going to get charged a ton of money. There's only so much you can do as a PM and deliver great client service. So I think 
client service being one of my own personal core values and also a big um, thing here at Parametrics is delivering great projects and and doing it well. Because if you don't, you might not get that call back. And so you really have to take yourself out of those like that exciting shoes for a little bit and look into yourself and say, okay, if I were to take on this opportunity, would I really do a good job or is it just not one for me? And you might say no and you might have to make a difficult conversation and call your client and say, hey, I just couldn't take that thing on. But and maybe you come up with a, a caveat or, you know, maybe there's somebody else in your company, a, another staff member that is looking for the a project management opportunity that you can say they've worked on this project. You know them they can take on this PM role for you. So I don't know, there's ways you can go around it. But yeah, you definitely have to uh, put boundaries on yourself in your career to, to show up and be your best self too. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think the example that you gave around the daycare is a good one, just because I think when we have some of these other things that are important to us in life that force us to understand that Work isn't the only thing that exists for us. And quite frankly, a company wants that to be the case either, because like you said, you know, someone, you go to work and you go home, but you're still the same person. So like you need to be able to kind of have those different components of your life. And I found the same thing as you, when you have some of those external responsibilities, it's helpful for you to really get more focused at work and maybe be more intentional. And even not that I'm crazy about the word productive, but in this case, maybe it makes sense. But like for me, even one time, a couple of summers ago, we went to visit my in-laws and I just kind of said to myself, I'm only going to work in the mornings this week so I can, you know, enjoy some time with them in the afternoons. And I found that I I happen to get like almost as much stuff done in the morning as I normally would get done in the entire day. So I think when we kind of force ourselves to work in a certain way. And like you said, think about who you can share something with, which also gives an opportunity to others to kind of mentor them and help them to grow. It's really a valuable way. And I think we just need to think about that as project managers in that we can't always do everything. And that mindset is not only beneficial for yourself to avoid things like burnout, which are obviously a real thing these days, but also you have team members around you and they want an opportunity and they can grow and you can help them do that. So some of the examples that Mallory gives are really good examples you could think about on how you can still feel like a competent leader in your organization, but also be able to help others grow in that way. And that's leadership right there. That's being a good leader is to provide others opportunities. So. In my experience, the quote unquote worst, if you will, leaders that I've had are the ones that wouldn't give me opportunities. And maybe the reason they didn't do it is because like they felt that they had to take on everything like we're talking about. But the consequences, kind of the ripple effects of that can kind of be tough for the people around you in terms of their development. And like Mallory said, your leadership development overall. All right. So we packed a lot of good stuff in there. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back in just a minute and we'll wrap up with our PM pitfalls segment. We'll be right back. All right, we are back with Mallory Wildy. Mallory is a transportation-focused civil engineer and project manager at Parametrics. We've had the opportunity at EMI to do a lot of work with Parametrics on building a PM development program with various levels, and we've kind of covered a lot of the topics that we talk about in, in the training program here with Mallory so far. But Mallory, now I'm going to throw one last question at you here. This is our PM pitfall segment. What is the biggest project management pitfall that you've identified or challenge that you've seen or experienced and how might you help some of the PMs out there dealing with it, either overcome it in their project management efforts? 
when I was thinking about this question, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, I was looking back at, okay, which PMs have I worked with that have been really easy to work with and that I've enjoyed working with and that I want to do good work for? And then which PMs have I worked with that I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'd ever do another project with them. And the commonality between them is really finding that PM that's approachable. So being somebody that if you are running into an issue, you can go to them and ask them questions and don't feel like they're, I use the word know-it-all, but a lot of times as PMs, we're not necessarily the technical experts on our, our projects. We're just the ones that are managing the overall work. And so being able to trust in your team and trust that they do have the right answer and do um, you know, know where things are going is a really big thing in success in my mind as a PM. So having a little bit of humility will go a long way. I just think that'll really get a lot of better success for buy-in from your teams so that you can continue going to that, solving the mission. The whole idea of being approachable as a project manager is so important because I think what happens in a lot of consulting firms that we work with or that I've seen is that a project manager can be very intimidating for someone on the project manager's team, right? Because you're so busy, I can't bother you, you're billable, you're dealing with clients. And the challenge with that mindset is that then there's a situation where they're not going to develop as much as they need to because they're not going to ask the right questions. And I feel like that's never something that we want to have happen as leaders and we never want to discourage that. You've kind of made mention of that a few times already today throughout our episode here. And so I really like the idea of thinking about how you can be someone who's humble, open, kind, sharing, and just approachable, I think is really the best way to say it. Because I even tell my team members, especially if there's a new team member at EMI, I'll try to tell them like, listen, in the beginning, if you feel like you need to ask whatever questions you need to ask, I welcome them. And I sometimes even say, I'll be a little bit worried if I'm not getting a lot of questions from you in the beginning, because I feel like you got to like put someone at ease so that they feel, oh, this is good. You know, Anthony's open to me asking him a question. Because if you think about it, if they don't ask you a question and then they go off on a tangent on a project for 10, 15, 20 hours, I mean, not only does that hurt the project, but again, the result of that is their confidence might have to be built back up, which is something that is not easy to do and takes a lot of time. It'll end up as a reflection on you, right? You, If they go off on a tangent for 20 hours, where does that time go? Are you going to charge that all to the client? I don't think so. What happens there? I think it's important to, there is no dumb question. And as the PM, being able to ask the dumb question will set the stage for, oh, Maybe those team members will also be able to come forward and ask the quote dumb question um, so that everything gets laid out there. In the end, you're all on the same page. You're all driving forward. So, Just the whole idea of that approach and mindset of constantly instilling it in your team members, promoting like an atmosphere of like learning and knowledge sharing is such an important thing. And that's really what we've tried to do a lot with the parametrics the project management development program. We have like some collaboration calls we're instilling between sessions and stuff because really like that's really what project management is, especially when you get into a firm like a parametrics or a larger consulting firm where you have project managers in different parts of the country and regions and they're all developing best practices. And if they can share them with the rest of the PMs, like one tip, like maybe Mallory can give someone else can save that person so much time on their projects or make them have better client relationships. So I think that's one of the things too that's really just important to think about as you're approachable and as you're helping teams grow, that knowledge, the more you can share that, 
just the more beneficial it's going to be for everybody. So Mallory, I thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day to come on the podcast and share some of your experiences as a project manager so far. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been great. All right. So once again, that's Mallory Wildey from Parametrics. You can check out Parametrics website at parametrics.com. They are a consulting firm that has done a lot of really high profile projects, have won a lot of awards, and they have a lot of career opportunities available for you now. So again, you can check them out at parametrics.com. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Mallory today. The things that she talked about are so critical in terms of becoming not just a great project manager, but a great leader and developing that next generation of project managers. And I hope that you can kind of take away some of what she offered and implement it in your own project management career. And again, we really enjoy Parametrics, working with them on their programs. And if you want to check more out about Parametrics, they are a a leading consulting firm. They've got a lot of high profile projects and they also have quite a few career opportunities available through their careers page, which you can check out at parametrics.com. Again, that's parametrics.com. And you can find the show notes for this episode at www.engineeringpmpodcast.com. There you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources or tools mentioned during this episode. And until next time, I wish you the best in all of your project management endeavors.